When you need your work truck to work as hard as you do, trust Delphi Technologies to deliver the parts built for the toughest work environments. From construction sites to long distance hauling, go with the aftermarket supplier known for its 100 plus years of OE heritage and expertise. Go to DelphiAftermarket.com today. Hello, it's Andrew Ross, your host. I just wanted to thank you for joining us and let you know that we're hard at work on our fall series of episodes and we'll be bringing you fresh new looks at apprenticeship, supply chain management, staffing, sales, a number of issues affecting the success of aftermarket businesses in Canada. In the meantime, I wanted to revisit an episode we recorded earlier this year, looking at focusing on the client experience we hope you enjoy it. Hi, this is Chris from My Garage Auto and Tire in Airdrie, Alberta, and this is the Great Canadian Aftermarket Podcast. Hello, everyone. It's Andrew Ross, your host. Now, most shops, and rightly so, you know, are very concerned with the quality of the jobs uh, that they uh uh, that they run through their bays and, and you know, the, the fix it right the first time is, is a, you know, a key driver for a lot of businesses, but uh, somewhere in that occasionally the customer can get left out of the equation. Now I'm here with Chris Decker from uh, My Garage in Airdrie, Alberta, uh, along with uh, Indie Garage contributor and trainer extraordinaire, Murray Voth, to talk about a little different approach. Hello folks, how are you today? Doing good, yeah. thanks. Good to see you, Andrew. Hey, Chris. <laughs> um, so, Chris, you know, you heard in my little intro, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, shops want to have, uh, you know, good quality work, but uh, you have a bit of a focus that uh, I think might be enlightening for a lot of business uh, businesses out there. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, 100%. It's definitely something I'm super passionate about. Um, and it's not that we don't care about the quality, because we definitely do, but I think if there's you know, since the beginning, if there's one thing that we've always strived to get right, it's that client experience. You know, the experience needs to feel a certain way. That's something I talk about a lot. And I think, you know, a lot of shop owners get a little too caught up in their, you know, their KPIs and their average work order and this and that. And and they're kind of forgetting, um, you know, just how does it feel to the client? You know, are, are we likely to get a referral, stuff like that? And, and this approach has worked really well for us because we don't get slow in the spring like most shops do. And, um, you know, we're, we're a lot steadier. Um, so it's it's been good. Yeah, uh, can, can you maybe talk a little bit about uh, kind of the, the building blocks, uh, of, you know, client experience? It sounds sort of new agey and, and uh, you're like, oh, well, you know, uh, just trying to make the world a better place for them. I mean, most folks don't really enjoy going to a shop, right? Like they're there because they need a repair. Uh, uh, so how do you kind of bridge that gap between the perceptions of, uh, you know, having to having to come in to service even a great shop and, and making a, a positive experience or in, in some respects at least? I think it's definitely a challenge because while we're trying to run a business and, and protect our bottom line, we really want to convey to the client right away that we are on their side and kind of take a little bit of that apprehension away when they walk through the door. Like they do need to feel like we are on their side. And so that's a big key when I talk with my service advisors or when I speak with clients about how we how we work together. Um, and then, of course, you know, we, client experience is also, you know, convenience, stuff like that. We try and remove some of those 
those barriers to to using us you know like um you know being without your vehicle for the day we solve that with the courtesy cars and you know a lot of those those barriers that would prevent people from you know otherwise using our business so Sure, so those sure. are two parts of it for sure. Yeah. yeah. So Murray, I mean, uh, you know, obviously uh, you're acquainted with uh, Chris's uh, approach. What uh, what components, uh, you know, do you see that uh, are you know particularly notable in how they approach uh, their customer relationships? Well, Chris is so busy in the middle of doing all of it that he probably forgets some of the details that he focuses on and, and that. But these are some of the. Here's a story that I heard from from his team. Uh, beautiful courtesy cars, nicely, you know, cleaned every time, um, you know, gives it to a client. Client has to go to somewhere in Calgary, has to go to pay parking, you know, walks 100 meters down a cold parking lot in the wind uh, to that meter and finds that they have to put their license plate number in. And they're like, oh, it's not my car. They have to walk all the way back, right? Get the license plate number and then walk back again. Chris heard that conversation between the, that client and one of the advisors and they put key tags with the license plate number on the key so that if that ever happens again, they've looked after that. So it's that attention to detail that anything that I would cause cause friction or discomfort, you know, that's some of the things that uh, that they've looked after. I mean, Chris, you've got the, the nice bottles of branded bottles of water there. The vehicles are cleaned, uh, ex- exquisitely cleaned. I mean, you know, and, and there was some research done years and years and years ago in California where they, they took all these cars into a shop and didn't do any service and repairs, just washed and vacuumed them. And 80% of the drivers claimed the cars ran better. Right. Right. Because some of the work that you do, Chris, would you agree, doesn't change the way it runs, right? No, for sure. And I can elaborate on that a little bit for sure, because we do, we work a little bit of that in when we're working with clients and prioritizing repairs is, you know, we can, we can spend $2,000 doing brakes and ball joints on a vehicle and it's going to drive exactly the same as it did when they brought the, the vehicle in. So, you know, sometimes, well, let's, let's work in that exhaust leak that maybe, you know, is a bit further down the priority list every once in a while, let's give them something that they're really going to notice, you know? Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. right, right. So some some of the you just just taking that. Uh, let me do a little role play here. You know, I'm a I'm a I'm a new customer. I, I don't know your shop. But I've heard some good things, uh, and unfortunately, I you know I I've I've draw, I'm, I'm in need of a repair. So I come into your shop. What's the first thing that uh, I notice as I as I pull into? Uh, hopefully, my car's still running. As I pull into uh, to your your customer parking area and, and look at your shop, what's the first thing I'm going to see? Uh, you're going to notice that the shop is clean. We definitely try to keep it really presentable and really present that, you know, that premium appearance. Um, even if someone's on the phone when you come in, you'll be acknowledged right away. I think that's something that gets missed. You'll be acknowledged as soon as you walk through the door. Very early in the conversation, somebody's going to tell you that you've come to the right place and, uh, and, and just try to set that tone right away. Um, you know, we'll, we'll mention that we, you know, we do work quite hard for those referrals because most of our clients do come up to us because of the online reviews or the referrals. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and sometimes, sometimes even go as far as saying that, you know, we look forward to making you that next five-star Google review. Right, right. So what happens? I mean, sometimes, and I've heard this experience from, uh, you know, both professionally in, in my role through the aftermarket, as well as personally, because people talk to me, you know, uh, about these things. And, and they'll, you know, maybe they'll come to a new garage that they haven't been to before, a new shop. And almost the first thing that happens is, is uh, you know, they take the vehicle in, they're, they're there for a repair, 
And, uh, you know, the word comes back, oh, man, you know, I wish you'd come sooner. This other shop that you were at, you know, uh, didn't uh, maintain your vehicle very well. And, you're, you know, uh, now, obviously, that doesn't make me feel very good about any of it. Um, you know, when a vehicle comes in that hasn't been well maintained uh, by another shop or by the owner themselves, I mean, how do you how do you uh, broach that topic with the customer to make them still have a, you know, feel like they've come to the right place that they've, that they've got a, you know, going to have still a positive, if maybe a little more expensive experience than what they had hoped for. Well, we definitely run into that situation quite often because there are a lot of vehicles, as we all know, that aren't well-maintained. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it's, when it's negligence on the part of the owner, I'm not afraid to say that, you know, the vehicle has been a little bit neglected and stuff, but because we're always concerned about how people feel, and we know that sometimes neglecting a vehicle isn't something that happens on purpose. It's not like people say, I'm going to neglect my car. It's, you know, it's lack of education, maybe from their last shop. Um, you know, maybe they're a little bit low on funds. We definitely try to, you know, make them feel good. And I really try to build the value in what we did that day. Because a lot of times a client will come in and, you know, maybe we write a big to-do list on the vehicle and they fix a couple of the most important things. And they might be leaving with a heck of a list of stuff that's left. But I try not to put the focus on that because I think a lot of shops are failing there. And we're not talking so much about what we did today. It's here's this huge list of stuff you need in the future. So I we really want to start with making them feel good about the money they did spend. And I, you'll often hear me use the line that you're, you're leaving, you're already leaving with a much better vehicle than you brought in this Mm. morning, you know? So yes, we've got some work to do, but we really want to make them feel good about the progress that they've made. Sure. So Murray, when, you know, when, when you hear uh, what Chris is saying there and what, what's your takeaway from that? Well, again, like as I sort of implied a little bit earlier, uh, it's, it's a lot of it is quite subtle. Some of it is very overt, right? The the, the clean waiting area, the the focus on you know things for kids there, um, you know that whole professionalism, appearance, you know, great uniforms, uh, all of that is very obvious. But some of it, I, I think, you know, and, and knowing Chris for a few years, the the subtlety of some of it is is um, what I wanted to bring into this conversation was the term value. A lot of people like me, what I do, coaches and trainers in the automotive, you know, we work with shops and sometimes we, we teach shops that they need to charge more for what they do, right? You know, maybe they, they have to raise the rate of their services or maybe their service rate has to go up or something like that. And then, you know, they'll object or say, well, you know, I don't know if I can do that in my town. And then we'll say, well, just show the value, right? I, I was taught, taught that when I had my shop. And I hear this expression, it came up again in a, in, a, in a session with a bunch of coaches, you know, just show the value. And what's bothered me for 20 years is none of us coaches ever say, what is that value? We don't, we just say, show the value. We, we imply, um, part, sorry about that. I thought he was sleeping. <laughs> um, <clears throat> okay. I think he's going to, I think he's going to get to quiet here in just a second. Um, the, uh, the, what, what is that value? And I think, Chris does exemplify that. And I'll just sort of elaborate again, Chris, you can correct me on all of this is, but the idea is, is as a team, okay, so the phone rings, what's your experience with the phone call, right? I phone a lot of shops for different reasons, and I don't even get a person's name. I get a, I get a hello, or what do you need? I get a sense of grouchiness, urgency, whereas at Chris's place, you phone up, you know, hey, it's, it's Rob here, right? Or here's Chris here, you know, how may I help you? And the whole idea is, is focusing on the client's question, focusing on their experience, not thinking, 
outside what the other things are going on. It's really a driven focus on that transaction, that conversation. You know, then talking about, so once your vehicle is here, what are your needs for transportation? You know, shuttle ride, courtesy vehicle. Some of these things, lots of other shops do, but those are things that they've added on as a tag along, as opposed to, I'm watching Chris, make a focus of the experience, right? There's a term in business these days called friction. The, the client, you know, we create friction that keeps them from approaching us, right? And I think what Chris and his advisor, Rob, and, and oh, I forgot the other, Tra Travis, Trevor? Trevor, uh, do is just really focus on clients' questions and that education piece, right? If you go to Chris's website, you know, he explains their, their views and their opinions on different services and why we should do things certain ways. So I think people leave with a really sense of that they got looked after. So that's the value proposition. That value is different to different people. There's going to be people that are going to see Chris's prices and go, that's not the shop for me, purely based on the price. Other people are going there and having this great experience and they're referring other people there, right? And I know I've got two more points and I'll give this back to you and Chris again, but a, one of the beauties of the client experience and this value is, can the client explain to somebody outside of their, their circle what happened at that shop that day? And I do think Chris and Rob and Trevor give them that language. Hey, this is what happened. This is how I spent my money. Right. As opposed to coming home and going, man, that place charged me $900. And then that person says, you know, were you stupid? I could have got that done cheaper at such and such a place, right? So I think that's a really important value piece to, to that relationship. Sure. Um, Chris, so, you know, obviously uh, your, your service advisors really play a, a key role in, in uh, that customer experience. Um, how do you ensure that they stay for lack of a better term, sort of on script or on message for that? And how do you get them to know what that message should be? Well, uh, I guess two-part answer. So we actually do have a script for certain things. There's some common questions we get, and the, the canned answer is written on a laminated piece of paper right on the monitor. Uh, for example, why do you only service seven vehicle brands? We have a really good answer for that. Uh, why won't you repair a vehicle that I've tried fixing first? we have a great answer for that. Um, and then I think the second part of it is we've hired guys that are doing this for the right reasons. These guys are really passionate about the job, about looking after people, because you can't fake that. If you love your job, if you're passionate about it, if you're passionate about your trade, you can't fake that. People would see right through it if you tried. So I think that's a big part of it for sure. Um, and, and Murray's absolutely right. People 100% leave our shop with an understanding of exactly what they paid for, where every dollar went. Part of the reason we have four guys up front looking after six technicians in the back is because we do require that, that amount of service advisors with all of the handling time that's involved with repairs, the way we do things, you know, the time that's taken at check-in and explaining at, at checkout and the little things and the cleaning the vehicles and the, the walk around after to make sure there isn't, you know, grease on the door handles. And, and we do require a lot of time with each vehicle to, to pull off that level of service. Right, but, right. you know, as we've, as we've discovered, because a lot of guys are so apprehensive about hiring, you know, maybe another advisor or whatever, those people easily pay for themselves. And Murray has been able to go through my numbers and, you know, within the program that we use and show that, Hey, if you could achieve, you know, this extra half an hour of labor per day, you could, you could hire this advisor and et cetera, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Excellent. So, you know, there's obviously, uh, you know, I think a lot of shops will be surprised to hear that ratio between service advisors and, and, uh, 
uh, you know, uh, text, but as you say, it, it certainly sounds like it is uh, a ratio that works for you. So for sure. And if, and if you're charging appropriately, um, it, it's, you know, I was a little worried at first too, but there, there are zero problems um, covering those wages. Right, right, right. Murray, you had something? Yeah, I was going to say uh, we use an app that I had developed to, to measure our, my clients' numbers. Uh, sometimes individually we coach, sometimes in a group context. Um, and I can, I can now have them all lined up in a privacy setting so, so nobody can see the names from, from different groups and stuff like that. And um, there's a definite correlation. If I look at, you know, 50 sets of numbers, um, I take a look at, you know, the highest sold hours per worker. I know that Chris, you know, the focus is on the client in this conversation, but just to, just to affirm the decision to have lots of advisors so that that client experience is good is to say that average sold hours per work order is what pays for that, that advisor and gives you some net profit on top of that. If I look at the shops that have the highest build hours per work order, they have the lowest number of invoices or work orders per advisor, and they have the best ratio of advisor to technician. The, the numbers correlate directly across. Somebody, when an advisor by themselves who is service advising 12 invoices in a day, can't even possibly, even if they care to, can't even possibly give the level of care that, that Chris and his team are giving, right? So I just wanted to affirm that decision that he's made. And I, I know the numbers, his and others, uh, that definitely affirm that, right? Um, that that's how it pays for it. So, yeah. That's a really, that's a really good point. I mean, at the core of the customer experience, then you really need to have somebody who's, you know, has the, the ability through their time and their, mm -hmm. their uh, load of, of uh, work orders to actually provide the customer with the contact and the time and the experience, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, a lot of shops process customers and they process vehicles, but we want to feel like it's more of a care experience, you know? Because we are on their side. I mean, they're paying our wages at the end of the day. So it's yeah. actually, that's a, that's a super good point. Thank you uh, for, uh, for everything, uh, Chris and Marie. One point that I had not mentioned is of course that Chris uh, Decker uh, graced the uh, front cover of a uh, 2018 fall, 2018 uh, issue of Indie Garage, uh, bringing him uh, some, some measure of fame, if not fortune. Uh, <laughs> uh, just fame, maybe a little bit of fame. Uh, but also, uh, you know, that to, just to say that I know it was raised the, the amount of communication uh, that is available uh, from uh, from Chris through their through the My Garage website was the genesis of, of kind of where we ended up with on that. So, uh, you know, it is a very uh, personal uh, uh uh, uh, passion of his to communicate with customers, to give them a lot of information that they can use both today and tomorrow and to understand what's going on in the automotive uh, landscape for them, as well as in their service experience. Right, Chris? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, and that's big. You know, again, it's part of that passionate, you know, not being able to fake that. People know that we we, we love the trade and, and what we do and, and we do care about them. That's excellent. Well, you heard it, folks. Don't hide your passion. If you love this business, talk to your customers about it. Talk to them you know, about how you're on their side. If you, if you believe it yourself, they will believe it too. That's all I've got today. Uh, thank you, Chris. Uh, and thank you, Murray, for uh, joining us. Thank you for everybody out there for uh, joining us too. Bring the passion to your work. Be safe, be strong, take care of the customer, take care of yourself, and we will see you next time. I'm Andrew Ross. This is the Great Canadian Aftermarket Podcast. Thank you very much also to Hannah, Hannah Ryder-Ross, who puts together these for us. 
Take care, everybody. You're listening to the Great Canadian Aftermarket Podcast, brought to you by the publishers of Indie Garage and Jobber Nation. Connect with us online at IndieGarage.ca and JobberNation.ca, a brand of chat integrated media. Pothole damage to a vehicle's chassis is always a concern, no matter the size or time of year. If the worst does happen, you can count on Delphi Technologies steering and suspension parts to get your customers back on the road again. Learn more at DelphiAftermarket.com.